Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. You know, abuse, neglect, sickness, just tired of dealing with life, perhaps seeking love in all the wrong places. Does that sound like you or someone you might know? Does that sound like something you could go through as a teenager or a young adult? Perhaps you have. What about finishing your education on your own while all of this is going on at the same time? That's just some of the story with our guest today. Tanisha Castales was a young girl, and I say was because things started to change in her life when she met Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to let her share her story, but Tanisha has also authored a great book detailing this story. This book details her being born again in a broken family, seeking validation, being surrounded by constant darkness, but despite all the obstacles, she was a light destined to shine. Amen. Her book, Becoming a Virtuous Wife, is her personal story of healing and transformation. She authored this book to help women transition from a life of guilt and shame to one of self-love and acceptance. She's a wife and mother of three. She's experienced many miracles, signs, wonders, and other breakthroughs since she began walking with Christ. And this book releases soon in June 2023, but she's here today to share all about it. Help me welcome to the program, Tanisha Castales. Tanisha, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the program today and share your story with our audience. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited. I cannot wait for people to find out the nine keys that was able to help me Amen. get through this that the Holy Spirit taught me and to just be able to share it so they can use it and incorporate it in their lives. Amen. Well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Tanisha Castales? Well, my name is Tanisha Lee Castales, also known as TLC. I am a mother of three, a wife, and I am a woman of God who is stepping out in faith and just doing his will and obeying him. And I have learned that obedience is better than sacrifice. So if the Lord is telling you to do something, I encourage you to go ahead and do it, even if you feel like you are unqualified. Because let me tell you something, he qualifies the unqualified. And he's just going to, you'll do things like, you never even vision for yourself. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm just pursuing the Lord and pursuing what he is. He wants me to do. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go back to the beginning for a moment. Okay. Your family and upbringing was very encouraging. I guess. In fact, in your book, you share that you used your family as the prime example of what not to be. 
right? Yes. Can you share about this time in your life? Yes. So I was born into a home that didn't really show a lot of love. There wasn't much communication. And when there was communication, uh, there was a lot of uh, negative words being said, a lot of cursing. I dealt with a father who enjoyed alcohol a little too much and a mother who continued to, you know, she was dealing with four young children and my father was not easy to deal with and he was constantly in and out of our home. So, you know, what happens with people who are, has all that pressure, they tend to take it out on their children. and. I was rejected before birth from both parents. So like I said, it just came into a home that wasn't very loving. I was the peculiar one out of my four children. I mean, four siblings. Well, three siblings because me would be four. But yeah, so it, it was a lot of bullying, not just within the home, but also out of the home. And it was, it was just, I didn't have a voice. No one cared about my feelings. So I would be the little child who would go in the corner and cry. Crying was, I guess, how I would talk because that's all I could do. Uh, you actually left home and went out on your own at age 16. What did a 16-year-old know about living on her own and what did you have to do to survive? Yes, I was living on my own at 16 years old, not because I chose to. It was because of my situation, the circumstance, I had no choice. My father left us once again, and my mother rallied us together, and she told us that she could no longer afford the rent and our, our apartment. So the three oldest ones had to figure it out. We needed to figure out where to stay, how we were going to survive. And she said she was going to take the little one because, you know, she's too small to be able to and for herself. So my 18-year-old sister, I was 16 at the time, and my 14-year-old brother, we had to go our separate ways and uh, figure it out. So I, he went to a friend's house. I went to a friend's house in the beginning. And my older sister, she had to go back to the father of her child because she was also had a baby. But yeah, uh, I did a lot of stealing. I stole a lot so I can get the clothes that I needed. It was hard. I was working a part-time job at White Castle, but grateful because at least I was able to get free food. I pushed myself. I continued to do summer school, day school, and night school so I can graduate early because I was always uh, mature than my peers. So I just wanted to get out of there and I uh, graduated in 11th grade. Um, it was hard. I yeah. surrounded myself with a lot of people because I didn't want to be alone, but it was that that meant I surrounded myself with anyone, even if they treated me wrong, because yeah. I wanted that. I was searching for that love yeah. and Amen. In, in all the wrong places. Yeah. And during this time, you say you're seeking out other people and you're putting everyone else's needs before your own explain how that affected your life at that time yeah 
since I was a child, since I was always the, how should I say this? The one that was not favored. I was, I did everything to try to make people happy since I was a child. So that actually followed me until my adult life. Mm. Until five years ago when I I came to Christ. Now it was me pleasing my father in heaven. It was no longer pleasing anyone else. So it followed me. And at this time, now I'm, like I said, doing things I don't want to do um, just to make people happy. I met the father of my children. And another circumstance happened where now my parents got back together after I graduated high school. And me and my little brother ended up moving in, though it was a really tight, tiny apartment. We moved in. They were back together. Still toxic environment, but hey. Um, then they actually, I met the father of my children. I started hanging out with him more because I didn't want to be in the home. And my mother called me telling me, hey, we need to leave by the end of the month because the landlord is kicking us out again. I found an apartment, but can only fit take your little sister. So you and your brother have to figure it out. So I talked to the father of my children and I said, hey, this is happening. Would you mind if I come live with your mother and my cousin at the time was living, they, they all rented a, a, a apartment and I'll put my share. I, I, I'm, I work, I can, I can help each other out. We're lessening the bills for everyone. So he agreed, but then life really just like went by. He wanted a family right away. And though I never wanted a family, I still said yes. Why? Because I wanted to make him happy. So I gave him a family and we were both not ready for children. You know, you, you share in your book, Becoming a Virtuous Wife during this time, that you finally made the decision to put yourself first, mm -hmm. right? How did that decision begin to change your life? So by this time, I, I have two children now. And at this time, I already graduated. I I went to school for medical assistant, something I didn't want to do, but I, I did it anyways. And um, I graduated, still did not get hired as a medical assistant, by the way, because I was not Spanish speaking, but it worked in my favor because I was able to land a position as a customer service advocate in a company. But within a year, they would hire like within the company and I landed a business analyst position. Wow. Amen. Did not go to college for this. So now by this time I'm making more money than the father of my children, which it was cool at first, but now that means I need to take on a lot of the big bills. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of responsibility that was coming on me. So, um, Years continued on. I have two children and it, we were dealing a lot. You know, me and the father of my children, we both came from broken homes. We both dealt with childhood trauma. And what do hurt people do? Hurt people hurt people. 
So we yeah. continue to hurt one another. He dealt with his childhood trauma, his way, the best he knew how, which was, which pulled away from me. He, there was addictions that were, you know, coming between our relationship. And it got to the point where I've always dealt with self-hatred, but it kept getting worse because I felt like I was unworthy. And I got to the point where I just mentally tapped out. Mm. And I, what did I do? Started looking for love in the wrong place because I wasn't getting at home. I started entertaining this man that I knew from middle school. And I, we connected and I end up, Holy Spirit, help me. I end up having an affair. But that day I, uh, I endured a rape that day. So after that, my body started becoming inflicted. I am 25 years old. My, I have no control over my body. Everything is spinning. And so I was confused. I was going to the doctors. I, I wasn't putting two and two together. So I'm dealing with all this pain. I'm The self-hatred is bad. I cannot stand living in, under the same roof as the father of my children. And I knew, and plus I couldn't live myself because what I did, I, it was hard to look at the father of my children knowing what happened. So I knew that's, I had that's to when you me. hit, uh, that's when yeah. the devil hit you with this fibromyalgia stuff. Right? Yes. Yes. At first it was vertigo, mm. but, um, at the end, that's when they just diagnosed me with fibromyalgia because they were like, I don't understand how someone so young is dealing with all this pain and we don't know what it is. So when they don't when they're not sure of what is wrong with you, they just diagnose with you with fibromyalgia as like the last thing. Ah, oh, we're just going to call it fibromyalgia. They're just dealing with a lot of chronic pain. So, so yeah, so um, I, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't. So I, built up the courage to tell him I no longer want to be with you anymore. But I told him I need to learn how to love myself. I never loved myself. So I need to be on my own and I need to learn how to love myself because if I don't learn how to love myself, I will never be able to love you. So it was like me telling him like a half truth. It was true because I knew my problem was the lack of love for myself, but I was, I didn't tell him the other part. Though he found out the day that I moved. Um, but yeah, so that's how I left. Yeah. yeah. And this was the time when you hit, as you put in your book, rock bottom. I was getting there. Yeah. I was close. I was getting there. So I moved away. Now I got myself an apartment that was able to afford it. And we shared 50, 50 custody with the children and um, see, at this time, at first, because I was free, because I felt like a bird lock up, locked up in a cage for many years. So this time I was free. I was like, yes. So at first, not going to lie, I was 
trying to hang out with people from my past. I was just like, hey, I can hang out. No kids, no nothing. And yeah, at first I was hanging out with people and stuff, but it it wasn't it wasn't that great. It was just me again looking for love in all the wrong places, surrounding myself with people I should not be surrounded by. And it got to the point. The at this time I don't have a relationship with the Lord, but I saw what he did. And everyone's heart started to harden and nobody wanted to hang out with me anymore. So it was like the Lord was like, listen. You're being a little too thirsty. And you said you were going to learn to love yourself. So this is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> so I had no choice but to sit in my mess, to reflect over my life, to talk to myself, to learn to become my best friend. And that is how I learned to love myself was just spending time alone. That's how I was able to discover who I was as a woman. And I come to the realization, wow, I am enough. I am worthy. You, you know, I can become the mother I know I can become. I can be a wife in the future. I can be the woman the father of my children needs. And it was just like an epiphany. As soon as I realized like, wow, I love myself because I was my own best friend. I didn't care about nobody else's opinion of me. I didn't care how people looked at me because I was always, since I was a child, nobody liked me anyways. And everyone always had something bad to say about me. So it was then that I don't even care. I don't care. They can hate me all they want. But right now, I love me. And I forgive myself for all the bad decisions I've made in my past. And I started realizing the dysfunctional patterns that followed me from my parents, from my childhood, the negative talk, uh, the generational curses. I started becoming aware and recognizing it. And I was like, yeah, no, I always told myself that I'm not going to be my father. I'm not going to be my mother. I'm not going to be my family. I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. And that was it. I was on a mission to become better. And is this when you receive Jesus? Mm, okay. So now I forgave myself. Now I love myself. And me and the father of my children, now we started talking again. So we're talking again now. and. One day, um, we was just like, hey, what's going to happen? Because, of course, he still wanted to work it out. And I said, listen, and he wanted me to move back in with him. I said, I can't move in with you unless you forgive me. Because remember, I told you, he knew, he knew, he knew what happened. He knew I had an affair. I stepped out of a relationship. But he did not know what happened that night, what I endured that night. So I told him, I forgive myself. You need to, you need to forgive me. So I can't get back with you if you don't let that go. Like we, we shouldn't have to talk about what happened anymore because it is what it is. So 
He said, no, yes, you know, I, I forgive you, the son, the third. That's what he said. He wanted, he wanted to forgive me. But recently, what I learned is he never truly forgave me because it hit his ego. And so now we're back together. I moved back in. Oh, okay. I moved back in, but the pain got worse. And I'm going to share what really, honestly, I think this is the first time I'm sharing this. I don't think I've shared this on other interviews. I got pregnant again. And I was in so much pain. Holy Spirit, help me. I was in so much pain and taking so many medication, smoking a lot of weed, drinking a lot of alcohol to try to balance the dizziness and the weed and for the pain and also the insomnia now I that I now had. And I told the father of my children, I can't keep this baby because I can't even go an hour without smoking, without having to take these medications. Uh, there's no way I can have this baby. So he, he told me, he said, you know, it's your body. So whatever decision you make. So I end up getting an abortion. And it was right after the abortion. And I knew it was wrong. I grew up in a household you know, my mother was an old and has been a believer since I could remember. And she took take us to church. She would make us pray, read the word. I knew it was a sin. I knew I committed murder. And I, and it was just, it was worse. It, it, the, the, that demonic um, torment got worse. And then I was started becoming suicidal. And I end up going, uh, getting into a minor accident as I was going to see the rheumatologist. And that was my last straw. That was my rock bottom. And I was out of the car by this time. And I just threw my hands up in the air. And I finally spoke to God and I said, God, I'm done. I cannot do this no more. I cannot take these pills anymore. I refuse to waste more money on all these doctors that know, don't know what's going on and doing all these procedures. I burnt my neck, the nerves on my neck twice and nothing was helping. I said, I am done. If I need to die like this and, and suffer like this, then so be it. But I am done. My hands is off. I, I'm done trying. So you need to do what you need to do yeah. because that's it. I'm done. I'm withering away, basically. And that was my rock bottom. And that is when um, the Holy Spirit came into my life and started teaching me a lot of truth. Amen. Amen. How did your life change after that? So that that night that I basically opened my heart that I didn't know that I did that, but I gave the Lord the access that he was waiting for. And the Holy Spirit started teaching me a lot of truth on YouTube revealing everything about the world, the deception. And as I was learning a lot, 
I was just like, dang, like, cause now I started learning about the third eye and opening the third eye. And I saw a video that this kid was saying, Oh, I opened my third eye. Now I can hear God. We have conversations. This and third. I was like, mm, this is very interesting. I want to know more. Right. But then I started looking at his surroundings. And now this is my discernment kinking in now. First of all, it was dark in his room. I'm like, dang, why is his room dark? Like, it seems very gloomy. It kind of looks like he hasn't slept in days. And he, he then he said something which was a huge red flag. And I was like, mm, I need to open up the Bible because this is this is off. And I'm not digging it. So I hopped off of that. But he said, oh, yeah, I have conversations with his um, in my head all the time. And he's so funny. He has jokes. And, and he's like, he kept saying they. There was more than one voice in his head, and he said, they, and I said, that ain't God. That ain't God. So that's when I walked away from that, and um, the pain continued on for a few days, and one day my mother invited me onto a live broadcast on Facebook. So it was a, a, a man from Africa. He was a prophet, and he was prophesying. So I hopped on there and I was like, well, I ain't got nothing else to lose, you know? So I end up commenting and he called my name out and he told me, he said, the Lord wants me to pray over you. He wants me to pray over your healing. And he prayed over my healing the next day, a hundred percent healed. Amen. That is what changed my life. That encounter Amen. of that healing, that miracle. I was like, I am done, Lord. I'm following you, Jesus. And that's it. I changed my whole life around five years ago. Amen. Praise the Lord. Shout amen, somebody, somewhere. Amen. Glory Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Hey, folks. Pastor Bob here. We're all in time for today's portion of this great interview with Tanisha Costales. Uh, folks, her story is riveting. I mean, to be facing a life of abuse from a young age to making a decision just to go out on your own at age 16 and survive in this world. I mean, she, man, praise God. I mean, you, you just don't understand how tough her life has been. But praise God, she is serving others right now. And her testimony, she's been sharing her story with us. And folks, I urge you, drop down the show notes. Get in touch with her. Praise God. You know, just reach out to her. Connect to her through her website. Let her help you understand that you can survive. You can do it with God's help. Amen? And this is just part one of this great interview. You need to come back in the very next episode to hear the rest of the story. I'm telling you, folks, we're getting into some good stuff right now. I... Oh. I can't wait to, to share the next episode with you. So till then, this past the Bible reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com. 
podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster.
Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.